Welcome to another Regeneration Podcast. Okay, so my commentary says, <clears throat> I showed you that spot, right? And, I, and my commentary says, when you think about the words, obey the law, okay, obey the law, that should be on the screen, obey the law, look at this picture. What do, you, what do you think of when you see that, obey the law? Who is that behind there? Does anybody know what that is? I kind of, I kind of got it blurred just, so, just to make it a little more difficult. Huh? It's, not the stat- it's a statue, but it's not the Statue of Liberty. It's the blind, it's the blind eye, right? It's the, it's the blind eye, not the blind eye of law, but the blind eye of justice, right? In other words, we say in our system in America that justice is blind. Justice does not prejudge it doesn't prejudge an individual without going through due process. So what is due process? Does anybody know what due process is in the courts? You're what, trial? You're innocent until you have to, what's the key word? Prove. You have to prove, don't you? You have to show just cause, right? And so when we hear the words obey the laws, what do you think of when you hear those words obey the laws? Anybody, go. If I say you right now, you gotta obey the laws. Abide by it. Abide by it. What else? Don't Be obedient. Don't break the rules. Right? These are all good things. Right? These are all things that when we hear it, we think about it, don't we? Right? But unfortunately, a lot of things come to mind. We said, but no one ever seems to think about the consequences of not obeying the laws. We don't ever think about the consequences of not obeying the laws, do we? We never think about what are the consequences if I don't obey these laws. Not really. Most of us don't do that. That's why we tend to break the laws because we don't think about the consequences on the other side of it. Okay? We go through the motions of obeying routinely only to find ourselves one day not allowing them to completely follow them and to push the boundaries further and further out. With the laws, we tend to take the stance they don't apply to us really. Right? How many of us been there? Well, it doesn't apply to me really. Teacher says you gotta be in class at a certain time. Your hall monitor standing in the hallway, and the hall monitor's like, let's go, let's go, let's go, get to class. Isn't that a law? Isn't that a law? Yeah. Class has to start at a certain time, doesn't it? So when you don't get in class, what happens? You get what happens? You get a tardy, right? And that's the consequences of not obeying those laws. As simple as they may be, they're still what? They're still what? No, as simple as they are, they're still laws. Right? You say, well, but it's simple. It's a simple thing. That's not important. But it's still a law. It's still a law, so you still have to obey it. If you don't obey it, then comes the consequences, right? Then comes those consequences of a tardy, a detention, or whatever the case may be, right? Whatever your school puts in place is what comes forth, right? When I was in school, if you were more, if you were late three times, that was detention, okay? If you were late after that, it was like uh, suspension. It was like uh, like you had like so many days of probation. Then it moved into suspension if you were late like three or four more times. Something crazy, right? Why? Because they have to set law and order in place, and you have to do that. 
Okay, so, so sometimes we tend to push that, right? Maybe everyone else, but not me. That's the approach we take. Eh, that might apply to everybody else, but not me. All right, why is this? Is it because of pride? Is it because of arrogance? A lack of good judgment? Maybe it's all of the above. Whatever the case, the results eventually catch up with us only to find ourselves in a not-so-good position. The law says do 55 miles per hour. How many drivers I got in here? How many drivers I got in here? Show of hands. People that's driving right now. Okay, here you go. This is for you guys. The law says go 55 miles an hour. I hear everybody kind of chuckling that's driving. We may start there, but end up at 65, 70, don't we? <laughs> okay, but see, both of us be like, oh, I don't really matter that much. We be, and then we use the excuse of the guy behind me is driving fast. He's pushing me. Instead of getting over, we use the excuse of, well, he, he driving fast. I have no choice, officer. Right? Instead of getting over... We bend it, we stretch it, right? What's the old saying? Give a person a foot and they'll take a They'll take a mile. Always, right? Give them a foot and eventually they're gonna keep pushing it. They're gonna keep pushing the boundaries. They're gonna keep stretching the boundaries, right? They're gonna keep doing that. So, why does commandment three and four matter? Thou shalt not use the Lord's name in vain. That was the first one, right? And the second one was obey and honor the Sabbath. Okay? When we first look at these two commandments, they appear to be non-threatening to anyone. Okay, maybe using the Lord's name in vain can be hurting for God. After all, the way we use it openly on television. Oh, my Lord. The way I use it, the way I see him use it on TV now. How many of y'all see him use it on TV? Who all watches TV in here? How many of y'all have seen him use God's name in vain? God! <laughs> and you like, what in the world? Now, for me, I flinch. I start, oh, Lord, because I'm, you know, because that's like a big deal for me. That's a huge deal for me because I grew up understanding that you don't use God. Listen, it's bad enough to cuss. Amen? Amen. Let alone use God's name in vain while you cussing. Using his name in your cursing. You want to use his name. Right? So on TV, they, they so blatant with it. But then they'll bleep out other stuff. Explain that one to me, Right? It makes you say, okay, somebody obviously doesn't have a concept of God and the love of God or a concept of the Ten Commandments. Because if they did, they would honor that just as much, wouldn't they? So let's examine the Ten Commandments, okay? The three and four today. Let's see where it's going to take us to get a better understanding of why these two commandments are so important as of all TNR. The first thing we have to do to examine this is to get a clear understanding of why they're so important, guys, because it's hard to really comprehend why they're so important until we understand what was happening at that particular time, okay? So what was happening in the Middle East? Number one, we have to understand that the Ten Commandments were not something new, okay? They weren't something new, all right? God had already started putting the Ten Commandments in place when they left Egypt, Okay, really, they were already starting to get put in place before they even left Egypt. But when they were leaving Egypt, they were already getting put in place because the nation of Israel was quickly becoming a civilization on its own. And when you have close to three million people, when you have close to three million people, you, you need some what? You need some rules. You need some laws, don't you? You got to have them. If you don't have them, what's going to happen? Chaotic, chaos, mayhem, 
right? If we didn't have certain rules on regeneration, what would happen? I would go, yeah, he right, he know me. I would go bonkers. But besides that, it would be chaos, wouldn't it? It would be chaos, okay? It would be chaotic. And this is why it's so important to have rules and regulations because they're there for your protection, okay? So they were there for the protection of the children of Israel. The second thing you got to understand about the Ten Commandments, and this is a part that a lot of people don't think about, but it'll make sense when I say this. Other civilizations such as Assyria, Babylon, Egypt, uh, um, Hittite, Hittite nation, had laws very similar to that of the Israelites. All right? So they had their commandments as well. They had their laws as well. This wasn't something new. They had laws as well. All right? What was the distinguishing difference was is that in Eastern culture, the Israelites' laws was based around love and value for God and for human life more than material possession. And this is why three was so important. Three was so important because three was the establishment of honoring and loving God enough to take his name serious. Listen, in the Jewish culture, do you know they don't even say God? They don't even say God. They honor his name that much. They don't even say God. They call him a multitude of other names. You guys have heard of those names before, haven't you? Pastor set them inside church. Whole list of names, isn't it? I mean, just a whole list of them. And they called him names based on situations that they were dealing with. And everybody knew what they were talking about. Right? Everybody knew what they were talking about. But they didn't call him, they didn't call him God because they honored his name that much. So fast forward now to where we are, and what happens? What happens, man? We don't even, it's like now we just like use God's name in vain like, like it ain't nothing. Oh, God, man, you kidding me. Who said that before? Oops. Guess what you just did? Just use God's name in vain. Didn't mean to do it, but you actually did it. Again, I'm guilty. I've done it before. Okay, so three, why it's so important? Because the laws in the Hebrew Bible is more than just a law code. It is a covenant governing relationships between people and their creator. It's a covenant. See, what we have with God is not just a law, guys. It's a covenant. It's literally a covenant. We have a covenant relationship with God. When you accepted Christ into your heart as your Lord and personal Savior, how many of you guys have accepted Christ into your heart as your Lord and personal Savior? Who in this room has done that? Okay. So you've made a covenant with him that you're going to spend eternity where? In heaven. But what if he didn't honor that covenant? Everybody's like, oh, dang, man, oh, shoot, right? But we know that he's going to honor the covenant because why? Because he wrote it into law. He's wrote it into an agreement with us. The third thing it does. Remember, God gave Moses the law who was raised and educated in Pharaoh's courts. He would have known and understood what the law should look like. That's critical. Why is that so critical? It's critical because if Moses was raised as a baby into his teenage years, into even his adult years, he understood 
what royalty represented. Remember, pharaohs were considered not just kings, but they were considered what? Does anybody know? Gods. Considered gods. And so you couldn't just walk into the court of Pharaoh. Yo, what's up, Pharaoh? What's the... What would have happened to you? You would have got shut down and probably been locked up or even executed, right? Your hair would have been chopped off, right? And we see that time and time again in the Bible, because even in the book of Ruth, what happens when Ruth has to go before the king? She barges in with the understanding that she may not come out alive because you couldn't do certain things because there were certain laws and regulations that were put in place to protect the king, to protect the citizens, to protect the, the empire as a collective whole. And so you couldn't do this. And if Pharaoh was considered a god, your reverence for him was to be set on such a level so high that you typically would bow down when he, he entered into your presence, right? This is why God gave Moses the ten. He couldn't really give them to anybody else because nobody else really had a true understanding of what royalty really looked like and operated like. With Moses, because he was in the family, in the court, understood it, saw it day to day, he knew how to properly display it for the one true God. He knew how to display it. He knew how to make it make sense and connect with the people. He says, listen, when Pharaoh came out here, you fools bowed down to him because you were told to bow down by some other people. How much quicker should you be bowing down and reverencing God, the one true God that just delivered you out of Egypt? Like Mike said last week, they saw these things happening. They saw these plagues happening. They, said, they saw all these different things going on. If all of our great ancestors... Dr. Martin Luther King, round down the line, walked in this room right now. How many of y'all would stand and give them all a standing ovation and give them honor? Every single person in this room that know about them would do it. Why? Because you know what they paid for. You know what they went through so that you, so that you, each and every single one of you in this room, including me, all back up in there, could sit here today and have freedom. Without somebody walking in here with some dogs and wooden clubs. We would honor them, wouldn't. So Moses is like, listen, you fools have sat here and you've bent down for Pharaoh and you've done this and you've done that. And you want to dishonor God's name? Yet you sat here and saw God take them through all these trials. Egypt took Egypt through all these trials. Down to the very last one, what Mike described last week, which was beautiful, about the blood being posted on the door, right? When you put that blood on that door, the angel of death went past your house. And because all of Israel was told to do this, those that did it, children lived. Their firstborn son lived. Those that didn't do it, their firstborn son died. They didn't obey the so they reaped the consequences. So here he is. He's saying, guys, you have to honor God. The same way you would honor Pharaoh, you need to honor God that much more. Okay, so that, that, when I read that, that made a lot of sense to me. I was like, that makes a lot of sense. If he was born and raised in this, he would understand it. 
moving right along. You would never enter into a royal cult, a royal court, as I just said that, and disrespect royalty. This would be like entering into a court law today and not rising when the judge entered. That's called contempt of court, and they can fine you or lock you up for that. And this is the beautiful thing about the Ten Commandments, because when God wrote these, he wrote them and put them in place for everybody. For everybody. Everybody, not just those that are mighty or those that are lowly, for everybody. Lastly, for this point, I'm sorry. God's whole point of the Ten Commandments is to exemplify love. Love knows no bounds. When you use the name of the Lord in vain, you are saying you have no respect for him. Remember, royalty is always treated at the highest esteem, and God is royalty. If we are created in his image, then we are royalty as well, and this is why the Ten Commandments matter. Do you get that? This is why it matters. This is why you have to honor God and honor your neighbor, because if we're created in God's image, then we're created in royalty. We're creating the image of royalty, and as royalty... When you honor that, when you honor the Ten Commandments, then you honor it completely and wholly, and you love your neighbor, and you honor your neighbor. It's just like honoring yourself, right? It's just like honoring yourself. Look at what Mark 12, 28 says. says this is Jesus talking. One, one of the teachers of religious law was standing, standing there listening to the debate. He realized that Jesus had answered well, so he asked, of all the commandments, which is the most important? Jesus replied, the most important commandment is this. Listen, O Israel, the Lord our God is the, only, is the one and only Lord. And you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. The second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. No other commandment is greater than these. The teacher, the teacher of religious law replied, well said, teacher. You have spoken the truth by saying that there is only one God and no other. And I know it is important to love him with all my heart and with all my understanding, with all my strength, and to love my neighbor as myself. This is more important than to offer all the burnt offerings and sacrifices required of the law. See, nothing else matters if you don't love God so much that you're willing to sacrifice something as simple as not using his name in vain. Nothing else matters. Nothing else matters. You can, listen, you can be the greatest person in the world, man, but you know what, man? If you just don't love your neighbor like you love yourself, it doesn't matter. Nothing you say or do matters. That person's gonna always remember that you disrespected them in a negative manner. Now think about that for a second. Think about that for a second. If we don't honor the laws that God gave us, how can we expect the world to respect us and honor anything that we say or do? It's going to be hard to, isn't it? Isn't it? Why? Because that makes you a hypocrite. And we all hate hypocrites. We all cannot deal with hypocrites. Okay? All right, so moving along. Reverence and reflection. I'm going to go through this pretty quick. This is the last part. Reverence and reflection. So why do we, why do we obey number four with the Sabbath? Point number one, God called us to take time spending it on him. We get so busy with everyday life that we become saturated 
with the world's ways of operating, and before long, we are not looking at who the creator is, okay? But we are looking at the creation. I think Alicia said that a couple weeks ago. I thought she did. I, I, thought, I thought that was a great point. I thought that was a really great point. We get so caught up in the creation and we just disregard the creator. We just disregard the creator. We like, oh, well, you know. Uh. So what happens? Well, traditionally, traditionally, Sabbath, really, guess when the Sabbath actually lands? Saturday. Very good. It actually lands on Saturday. It's not Sunday. Okay, but we moved it to Sunday. That was kind of a universal kind of thing. We moved it to Sunday because that was the day when we could all spend time going to church, which most of us do. So most of us do honor that part of it, right? Most of us honor that. But then after we finish doing that, typically go home in the summertime, cut grass, do yard work, right? Do all these things. You never really rest. You never really take any days off. You, really, you never really take a break and reflect on the goodness of God. You never really take the time out to really spend it with God and communing with God and communing with your family and building a healthy relationship with your family. You never, you know, most of us never really do that. Right? We go out, we hang out on Sundays. And because most of us, we don't work on Saturdays. Most of us don't. Some of us might, but most of us don't. That's really the day you should be doing all that. But instead, we've kind of unofficially made Sunday that day. We've kind of unofficially said, well, I get home from church. I ain't really got nothing to do anyway. So that's a good day for me to do it. I'll just wait until tomorrow and just do it. When really... You should be spending that time with your family. Hey, Ma, hey, Dad, can we go to the movies? Hey, Ma, hey, Dad, can we, can we hang out? Can we do something? Can we commune together and commune with each other and commune with God? Right? Most of us don't do that. Most of us, we rushing to get up out of church. <laughs> we just are. Most of us running to get out of church. It's gotten so bad to the point now, God bless us. I love us to death, man. But we, we try any and everything, man, to try to get people to come to church because we've lost our way. So we come up with all sorts of things to get people to come to church. You know, it's unfortunate, you know, and I say this respectfully, but it's true. It's unfortunate when we have to create things called 103. It's unfortunate we have to create things called 103 to get people to come to church. When that should be automatic anyway. I posted on Facebook one Sunday, man, because we was great, we was great here with this big snowstorm. I put, on, I put on the night before that Saturday, you go to work, you go to school, you won't miss work. I dare your parents to miss work. <laughs> exactly. Everybody, oh, shoot, no, are you kidding me? They boss would have a fit, wouldn't they? I dare you to miss school, man, knowing you're supposed to be in school when school didn't cancel. You're going to miss some assignments, probably get a bad grade, and it's going to affect your life long term, ain't it? But we quick to miss church, ain't we? You don't go to church. You don't go to church because it's a religious assignment. You go because it's community. You go because you learn how to better commune with each other. 
you learn how to honor and love and respect God and each other. See, if you think about most church services, they deal with two primary things only, really. Honoring God and respecting God, right? And then your neighbor. It's always really about those two things. If you think about it, you, I don't care how you dissect it, it's going to always go back to those two things. So this is why when I say regeneration is a community, it is a community. This is not us just coming here because we're here, just because it's our little assignment for that day. No, we're here because we're here to build each other up. Whether we're playing basketball, whether we're shooting pool, whether we're sitting here talking about stuff we're dealing with. I've had conversations with countless guys in here and young ladies about real life. And that's the idea behind it. You come together to build each other up and to love and honor each other and to love and honor God and to build God up. So that's why when Alicia says, hey, guys, I'm not up here entertaining you. She's absolutely correct. She's here leading you in worshiping and praising God. So what should be happening is, is you should be recipients, but it should be reciprocal, right? So let's all just raise our hand and praise God. That's what you should be doing. It shouldn't be her have to coerce you and come on, y'all, chime you on. It's not, that's not how this is designed. We're going to try exercise. Everybody stand up. Go try exercise. Everybody stand up. I'm ready. Stand up. Now I want everybody in this room right now to give God the best, the best praise clap you got. Hallelujah! If God walks in this door right now, what would you do? Can you see it? Very good. Excellent. Very good. Excellent. And that's what this is all about, guys. That's what this is all about. Listen, this is what this is about, man. It isn't here because we just here. Well, we just here again, man. Just, just here, man. Just to go ahead, man, and do our little Sunday duty. It's not about that. Next point. To be healthy. And this is a true statement from a medical position. To be healthy, you must rest. The most common cause of sickness is lack of rest and stress. The most common cure is rest. Okay, it has medically been proven that rest helps in sickness. You have to do these things. You can't run seven days a week. If God the Almighty, the creator of the universe, said, I'm resting, then what make you any different? Here God is. He's on no man's clock, time, nothing else. And he took a break. He rested. So how can you think that you don't have to rest? No, you have to rest. What about to see if I get at night? Well, yeah, you get that at night because otherwise your body would break down even faster. But the point is you have to take time out to rest. This is why the community as a whole is so important. It's so important because if I just keep using the same people every single week, every single week, every single week, you know what's going to happen to them? They're going to get tired. They're going to get burnt out. They're going to get burnt out. All you guys are a part of the body of Christ. Therefore, you have to serve the body of Christ as you would serve it as if God was here. The Bible tells us, do it like if he was here right now. 
Because he's watching you anyway. Amen? Amen. So when you're put on assignment, you're put on to serve in positions. And if you're not serving right now, you think, well, I'm not really serving right now, but I'd like to. We want you to. Okay, last point. With today's work and school schedules, most people can't rest on the typical Sabbath. I understand that. This is why I said what I said earlier. But God is not concerned with the day you choose just as long as you take the time to rest and reflect on him. Ultimately, the Sabbath was for our benefit, not God's. Sabbath is for our benefits, not God's. All right? It has nothing to do with God. God rested. He rested to show us as an example. He an example for us so that we would learn how to rest because he wanted to put certain things in parameters, certain things in place. So that he could also observe goodness. The Bible says when he rested, he looked and said, oh, this is good what I did. This is good. You're supposed to do the same thing. You're supposed to rest and reflect on the goodness in your life and what God has done through you. Hey, parents, thanks for listening to the podcast today. We hope this was a blessing to you as you see what we're teaching over here in Regeneration for your young person. And uh, we'd like to encourage you to always tune in every single week. Thanks. Hey, we want to invite you to come out to Regeneration, young people, ages 13 to 18. We meet every Sunday from 10 a.m. to 1130 a.m. And we try to make it relevant for you and your generation. We have a great time in the Lord, fellowshipping and uh, just interacting with each other. And uh, our whole goal here at Regeneration is to build community and help you find a place where you belong. Regeneration is a ministry under the leadership and direction of Dr. James L. Mormon and Sister Loretta Mormon. Uh, I'm the youth pastor, Minister Pierre D. Mail. And you can always come out to visit us here at Christian Tabernacle Church. Our address is 26555 Franklin Road, and that's in Southfield, Michigan, 48033. Uh, the church phone number is uh, 248 213-4770 Please feel free to email me if you have any questions. Our email address is regeneration at ctabchurch.org That's regeneration at ctabchurch.org and uh, I'll respond back to you as soon as I get your message. God bless. Have a great day.